Today on the show, I'm talking to Justin Melville Johnson. Justin is a multi-instrumentalist, producer, writer, performer, session player. He does everything. He's a longtime collaborator with Beck. Uh, it was part of Nine Inch Nails live band for a while. And probably most impressively, he plays bass on the band <laughs> performing all the songs in Team America. We met Justin in the role of producer when we were looking for someone to work with to make Integrity Blues. The spread of different things that he has experience with was definitely a, a selling point for us to work with him. Like we knew we were going to get something outside of what our comfort zone was by including him in the process. And he's just a great guy. My conversation with Justin happened August 7th of 2020. I think I have to turn off Bluetooth on my phone. Oh, it still thinks you're connected there. Make sure you're connected. <laughs> All right, Bluetooth Is off. That stereo MCs? Yeah, that's stereo MCs. Why can I remember stuff like a stereo MC song, but I can't remember oh. somebody I met last week? I don't fucking know. Because because <laughs> life is fucking bizarre right now That's i can remember of like every lyric off of and justice for all but i can't remember like what i'm <laughs> supposed to do at 2 p.m today right <laughs> like it's just or every propaganda lyric from how to clean everything but nothing but tomorrow but this weekend i i got no idea propaganda that's so sick dude the propaganda was like that? a propaganda was big for us when we started the band Makes sense. Speaking of big for you, there's uh, uh, Vernon from uh, what's from Unwound died. I know. I just posted up my all Unwound artist artist mix on Spotify today. I'll bet that band was also something you guys always listen to. I haven't followed with their projects since Unwound. But I mean, there's there's these groups of there's these musicians and there's these these records that are that happen in a certain time frame in your life. And oh, yeah. you like you, that doesn't get taken away from you ever. And it's just kind of like it just fits in this special place that that you'll never have again. Yeah, man, it's so true. And definitely Unwound was one of those bands. Yeah, it, for us and for us, that coincided with. I think I can speak for everybody when I say us that coincided with the founding of the band and the early touring times of our band yeah. was, was, was that time where those records that you got into are lifelong, like core fundamental core kind of yeah. reference points. Like basically a lot of post hardcore. You could say that post hardcore, yeah. the line. I mean, for us though, like when we were in it, it was hardcore. We didn't have it the post. To, we didn't have the post to compare it to. No, I know. I know. Like seven, know. Se- seven seconds was probably like the, the oh, yeah. oldest thing I had a, a, a first person experience like, with. Experience with. Yeah. Seven like seconds. Dead Kennedys. Seven. Dead Kennedys were gone. Black Flag was yeah. gone. Oh, for you. Minor yeah. Threat, Black Flag minor was threat, gone. Minor right. Threat was gone. Yeah. Fugazi. Was, Fugazi. Fugazi was, was in it. But seven seconds is probably the oldest thing that I had a, a personal experience with. Like, I don't Weird. know, post what for me this isn't the first time seeing this stuff, you know? 
I'm just so surprised you guys weren't as big like of Husker Du fans as I was. The, like they were like one grade above us. People liked. Oh, there, there's this. Gr- <laughs> there's like this. There's like the the kids in the grade uh, like older than us. Those are like the Sisters of Mercy Husker Du people. We were like we were like just Jesus and Mary Chain. Husker Du was funny. sort of like an older kid band. I get it. It's so fractionalized when you're that age. Yeah. Yeah, like a like a school year is like a decade in in perceived time, in relative time. Yeah, that's right. It <laughs> like is. you're you're closer to the black hole when you're younger. <laughs> time it's so is so true. <laughs> time, the time moves very slow. Sure does. It's crazy. I'm so how right. you doing, dude? How are things going? I'm all right. I'm all right. Staying busy? I'm staying plenty busy. Everything got canceled, but yet I'm as busy as I've ever been. Yeah. Everyone I know, actually, the only people I know who aren't super busy are like people who are strictly an instrumentalist, like us, like sidemen bass players, maybe, or that I'm in a community of. Like, there's a lot of guys like that, some of whom are like doing what I do, they produce or they write or they're making solo records. But there's a lot of them who are definitely like sensibly like on unemployment, like most of us are, and maybe not really doing a lot creatively because they rely on others, you know, just to some degree, not, not completely just, but there's a lot of people like that who I know they're just hanging in there and we yeah. commiserate about it, you know, cause it's tough, but it I know a lot of people like you and me who are just fucking swamped. So, Hey, you know, yeah, definitely grateful. Me too. God, I'm really grateful. You're in a great spot because you can have you you can do your own thing, you can do like collaborative stuff, or you could just be kind of the 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 total like impartial sort of objective outsider person. Like you have a lot of avenues you can do, you can take to stay busy and yeah. stay working. Sometimes it's hard for to see the forest for the trees, though. Like I know that in my heart of hearts, but it doesn't mean that I that I'm, I'm always able to necessarily have the creative impetus or wherewithal to like do it and especially when you're also like managing kids or something like that. right it's not i mean you can clock in you can say i'm gonna work from this time until this time but you have to let yourself be free of the expectations that you actually accomplish anything <laughs> and just be okay with the fact that you're just spending you're, you're working working on something that's really tough you ever read Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art? Oh, The War of Art. I'd love to read that book. Oh, it's I've great. I've heard a few people tell me it's really germane to the oh, struggle. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I mean, the fun, I mean, he, he's, 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 he's talking from his experience more as like an author, a writer, yeah. writer. But it's totally applicable to writing music or being creative at all. Because what we're talking about here with music and creating something the creative process in general, you're approaching it, you're solving a puzzle. You're, if you're working with other people, there's fundamental communication that you have to like know and figure out. There's like, you know, a a very Zen knowing yourself you have to have. It's like being a complete person goes into any endeavor at all. And it's really tricky. But Stephen Pressfield's thing is like, what I was getting at is like he, he sets a, a time where he's going to work and he's just working. 
it's totally okay if what he comes up with goes in the trash at the end of the day. But from this time until this time, he is trying to push forward something, you know, something. And I, in other words, it's not, it's more of a quantity versus quality. Uh, it's like a, it's a fact that you're, you're, you're using the muscles. The yeah. Creative a, muscles. Like an exercise. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's that, that's hugely valid. I it does help me to compartmentalize my day into pockets of time, like in in some way. I I haven't read that book, so I don't really know his exact process. But for me, I just habitually have gotten into this thing where I carve out things for that. But I'm not always successful because distraction. You know? I do. I, I where I run into problems is I get really motivated and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. I'm going to do this. Okay, and then maybe like I'm going to get myself 10 minutes of guitar playing, 10 minutes of maybe like stick control on drums, 10 minutes of journaling, 10 minutes of like, okay, you know, like songwriting. You know, I'm going to do my vocal warm ups and then at noon I'm going to take a break. And, you know, I just it's just totally unrealistic. Like I can never I might be able to do that for a day. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not sticking to that. Like, you know, something somebody's going to come up and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, what'll okay. ha- what'll happen is I'll get a real idea, like I'll be, I'll be working, and the inspiration will catch up to my momentum, and then I just zone in on that and do that, go all in on that. Forget about like the routine. Well, that seems like a worthy sacrifice. It does. It, 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 it does. But then, like, I'll I'll go and go and go and go and go and spin and hit negative returns and still keep pushing, and then I'll just be in the state where I'm not in a sense of like. I'm not in a sense of whole life balance anymore. And I got to go back to that. So I like, I don't set, I guess what I'm saying is I don't set a realistic, if having structure like that is great. I need that. I will get nothing done unless I have that. But I, but I'm realizing my fault is that I will set an overly ambitious structure (laughs) and just overextend myself with myself. Yeah. Well, there's, I don't know the I don't know the uh, the solution or the recipe to get out. <laughs> just of Just chill, <laughs> just, just chill, chill out, dude. Uh, like I know, chill. My my ambition is greater than my uh, my uh, perseverance. Perseverance, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I think I think I'm the same. In fact, most people I know are the same. I'm jealous of those few people in my life who just are so bloody minded about their um, goals and their their ability to time manage and all these things. But they're very few. I don't know too many people like that. There's are they uh, people I know? Are those people artists that you work with? They're artists, but they're more in the songwriting and producing realm. Um, in that they they treat their work a little bit more like an assembly line, a little bit less like a, a pursuit of like passion. It's more like the goal is in the, the attainment rather than the process. The goal is in the, 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 the goal is in how many, how many cuts can I get this year? Or like, you know, how many masters can I complete and how many, you know, or whatever, just like, they're not strictly like, um, uh, they don't look at their art like art as a strictly mechanical process, but I know that they go through it 
in terms of like having really clear cut like uh, like quarters like in the first quarter I, I need to do X like you know yeah. it's, it's <laughs> you like refer, a business you, you, know? you, you yeah it's when you're when you're dividing up your life into the into quarters into financial quarters, quarters then yeah <laughs> you're you're in a, you're operating on a different level than most musicians I know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know a couple of people <laughs> that are like this, though. But nevertheless, here's the trippy thing about it. Nevertheless, I really respect the art that they make. I guess it's like that. It's a tool, you know. Yeah. Like, are you are yeah. you producing? Are you producing the results that you want? What do you want? First sure. off, what do you what want? Do you, first, first off, what do you want? Yeah. Like it's hard. You can't judge. I guess you can't really judge anyone's process because, you know, are they doing what they want? If they're doing what, if they're succeeding in doing what they, getting what they want, then like, I guess who am, who am I to say like what you're doing is is wacky? <laughs> yeah, you you have no judgment at that point. No. That's, uh, that's valid. It's it's that yeah. So in their universe that they've created for themselves, they're excelling. You know, that's just um, it's just something I marvel at. And more, I I just I'm just trying to look at it like, well, what can I learn from that scenario? Like, what can I draw from that that might be applicable to my world? I don't know. I'd like to I'd like to see if I can pull something inspiring from from that. You know, discipline. So, maybe. For instance, I mean, I, what's that? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, I'm just saying. For instance, like I find myself like I'm not the type of person who necessarily like listens to. I'm you know I'm not like I'm not into like motivational speakers or anything like that. That's not really my my vibe. But sometimes I'll just listen to an interview with someone who's not in the arts. And I'm like, wow. And I'll extract some wisdom from it that maybe somehow just filters in my thing. And and th those are cool moments when you, you have a little bit of a light bulb and it's totally disrelated to the arts or your business or your process or anything. And you're like, whoa, this is sick. Oh, my God. They, you know, they do X or they have this sort of policy, like a list of things that they apply about like, you know, how to interact with people or like what to say no to or who to have out of their lives or, you know, those, those things are cool, man. Those are like really useful tools to have in your quiver. So far, I've talked to a lot of people and, you know, the, the one thing that keeps coming up is just a willingness to be open to, to, to stuff that's coming in. So if like you're listening to somebody speak and you have, um, you've made a decision, you're going to be open and try to, you know, and be present and hear what they're saying like let it really sink in you're going to be able to extrapolate that into your process with what you do and maybe there's something that you can apply to like a specific project you're working on so if you're talking about if someone's talking about like that's exactly business, what i'm talking about if someone's yeah. if someone like in a you know a totally uncreative business world about their time management yeah and, sure. you're, and you're thinking oh man when I'm in the studio, you know, I could totally use some of that, like with dealing with people or yeah, wacky artists or produce sure. other or, re record label people or just or just purely for yourself on getting stuff done. Yeah, I mean, you can you can even look at it in terms of like nutrition or exercise or like, you know, just when people speak on that stuff, I find that pretty useful because, again, it it, it does kind of relate to the fact that our business is different. <laughs> than it was it's totally different yeah ago. it's totally different so we're required to do a lot we wear so many hats we are 
paid less for what we do. Yeah, um, if you amortize there's, there's, the time, the no, time that we put into to, that anyone I know puts into like their craft, <laughs> and compared that to what you'd have working like an office job or like a somewhat professional white collar thing, <laughs> it doesn't add up at all. No, it, has, it, it does no bears no relation to that, and it's it's embar- it's you know it's embarrassing if you talk to someone that's like really successful and they're sort of like trying to understand your career and for a moment you have this like kind of cringy moment where you're like well I don't really god they're asking me all these questions I don't really want to get into like you know and they're sort of like leveling like so how does it work you know you uh so how do you get paid like what's you know and you're, you're sort of like uh those you kinds know, of people normally, <laughs> yeah. those, those kinds of people just sort of expect you to be aloof you might as well lean into that and just really <laughs> I don't yeah. know man yeah, I guess so. I just sometimes when I get into a conversation with like a business person, you know, rarely this happens, but sometimes I do. They they earnestly like want to know how my business works. And when I start to talk about it, I'm realizing that they kind of glaze over. Yeah. And that as the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, fuck. This is <laughs> this is insane. This is like a non this is like a non viable <laughs> career choice. <laughs> I should be that I love. I know it's like. Oh and man. I love it. You know. That's that's yeah. a great story, Justin. So what are you gonna be when you grow up? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know. When you're explaining it to him. Everybody has a little bit of that. When you're presented with something that's not how you're used to, when you're presented with something that's not your plan or challenges if you were to put yourself in their shoes, and that's very different, that is challenging. And you can interpret that as a threat in some way, or like, it's not really a, I mean, not maybe a threat's a wrong word, but there is a knee jerk reaction to be defensive because it's different because that's not you, because that's not your choice, because that's not your plan, because that's not how you thought your life was going to go. You have to sort of defend that because it's different. I mean, that's, that's, that's collaborating with people on an artistic sense. one one right there is checking that ego to realize that because something is not someone's presenting you with an idea that's not your plan that's not a threat to you that's not something you have to be defensive about but you have to be present with yourself to 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 get that and i think that's very hard it's very hard to do in in normal life it's especially hard to do in a passionate creative project like making a record it's really hard, and it takes years, if not decades, to get to even a, a workable place with it for most people, I think. I don't know anyone that is a musician out of the gate and necessarily like has the key to making collaborative work really smooth and really chill and really fun and really productive all the time. Of I course. just don't think that that doesn't exist until experience monitors all that stuff man i just i learn so much every time i start anything i i feel even that i learn more now that i'm aware of than i did when i was first starting out i always thought that was a little bit of a cliche or something people said to sort of uh have some false modesty or something you know a little bit to make themselves seem really 
cool about it or whatever, but I, I'm just saying that like I, it's 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 really true for me. I find that I'm still like, oh, there's a better way. Wow. Okay, man. Let me modify what I'm doing with this process. Maybe I can just apply some of that or whatever. Anyone who's very anyone who's successful, especially in the music industry, has figured out a that that's a that that's a that's a reward. Finding discovering a new way to do something is a reward, and you should embrace that and have gratitude for that. Because I, I think, think, and maybe, and maybe it's. I mean, this this might be on a psychological level. I'm sure this has been studied and probably has like a a graph of like you know, but you know, my experience has been, and it's, it's probably a little in part from just growing up and having more life experience. But you know, you don't. When I started out, you just don't question anything. You're just going. It's it's a very instinctual, primal sense that you're chasing. I want to do this. Wow. That's cool. Next thing. <laughs> uh-huh. And you don't know, like, there's no, there's no evaluation of your process. There's no. no attempt to figure out what you did to repeat your successes or avoid your failures. You just did the cool thing. And now it's time. Now what's next? You know, what am I going to do next? And then after a while you get, um, you know, a little bit more, experience a little bit more competency and you start learning some of those things about like the, the actual craft the actual process itself then you then you kind of go crazy <laughs> and figure out and figure out something that works stick to that and it works for a little while then you hit a wall a very big wall and realize i need to be open to change i need to let outside voices in i need to be willing to accept things that aren't my idea or aren't my plan because that's where growth is going to occur and then you get to the place like that you're talking about now where it's like you if you're challenged with something and it leads to a result you didn't expect like that's really what it's all about yeah it really is kind of the thing that you didn't know you wanted all along actually but everything you just said about like the the shape of a career and all these different like phases of it it can almost be plotted on a graph and right. applied to like every, every single like successful art person you know it's, i know it's so it's so like uh everything you just said is is super accurate and i think applies to basically everybody yeah know? i know i wonder if yeah. that'd be the same case i wonder that if that would be the same case if you started like when you were if you if you started writing songs at 50 versus versus 17 if you'd still experience that same kind of thing, or if maybe your the wisdom the wisdom of not being upset about things and not taking everything mm. personally would would be would buy you a little bit of like advancement on the on the x axis, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, maybe uh, on the other yeah maybe, but on the other hand, you don't have the 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 aspects of like youthful vigor or even angst or even like right. You know, these things like how how if those are in shorter supply because they are like how do you offset that you know that's why and you know and plus you know the music business or the or the, the yeah the i'm not talking about the creation of music i'm talking strictly about the music business is inherently like an ageist thing you know it's not like the fine arts for instance or, or something where there's this certain like um much more respect for like the elder statesman vibe or like photography, something like that, like an Ann Leibowitz or someone, you know, these, these sort of people are, 
on highly exalted ground, you know, really, you know, rarefied kind of like, wow, they're at the pinnacle of their craft or whatever. It's, it's, it's a double standard, like experience, like experience brings authenticity. Yeah. And, And, and that's, and that's, and that's, that is valuable. Whereas in like the music industry, it's like the, the seven the seventeen year old who stumbles upon the thing and makes something transcendent is 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 like the the vaulted the yeah. vaunted vaunted is that a word this it's yeah, it's the like vaunted. the exalted thing like yeah that's what we want time. we want we want the yeah, yeah. the eighteen year old who who stumbled upon the thing and made something yeah from scratch their first time on and, their uh, with fruity loops on their laptop yeah with, or whatever <laughs> with cracked with cracked waves plugins. <laughs> cracked waves or whatever. I mean, you told me one day, you said to me, you said, Justin, rock is a young man's game. You know, you prefaced a whole sentence to me that way. <laughs> you know? And and you're right. And the, the sooner people like me, you know, rapidly approaching middle age are like aware of that, the better you'll be. Like, you know, I can pretend I'm like still young and crazy and inspired and loopy and whatever, but that that's actually not the truth. I'm a, I'm a guy who's had some semblance of a career and now I'm like, you know, 50 and have kids and a mortgage and I'm just, you know, that's well, the reality of it. Well, I mean, I, th- I think you can, you can, that shouldn't stop you from doing what you want to do. Oh no, I'm not saying it does. I'm saying though, that it definitely changes your expectations of what your, where you can find the best lane to operate in and just, Obviously, you know, you can't, you're not going to be playing the same game as like, no, you know, a, a SoundCloud rapper or whatever, you know, you, you have to like think differently in terms of, you know, what your expectations are and who your audience is and all that kind of stuff naturally. You know? And then you end up with some, with, the, with um, an entity like guided by voices, which, <laughs> what, but the thing is like, I think they, they work and their music transcends because they don't care. Yeah, they're not there's, even there's, they're not even trying to play the game and i think that's no. that's attractive so you it's give really it a attractive. shot see that's a that's a really good area to get into because you got it by voices um sheer water um, sheer water sure a yola tango uh-huh slayer um <laughs> slayer's not slayer they're not spring chickens well, no, they're done. They're done, though. I think they're not mm. working anymore. I think they might be re- like th- that was kind of their farewell tour they did recently, if I'm correct. Yeah. And, but also like uh, uh, built a spill. You know, there's all these like, great examples of like people who are like great writers, reliable, excellent. Still, like you go to a show and you're like, wow, it feels so like vital and cool and kind of fuck you. Yes. You know, and that's the shit right there. Those folks have the right recipe for um remaining creative and and viable at the same time no one really knows what cool is they think they do but they're waiting for everyone is just waiting for somebody else to tell them what cool is so you get somebody like robert pollard standing on stage and saying i'm telling you this is cool and you're like yeah that's cool (laughs) you're right you're totally right. This yeah. is cool. I'm I'm in. Yeah. And you know what they're not doing? They're not playing the game that a self-created like 16-year-old indie like whatever sort of person is doing. They're not they know 
that that's a losing proposition. They are working off of strength, not of pandering or appeasing or trying to like listen to like an A&R person's interpretation of what like a later career reinvention might be. You know, those types of things that we know are like kind of a dead end, like a cul-de-sac that you're not going to escape from because we've seen that movie. Those people are saying, this is our art. We're actually very confident about it. It's badass. And we still make great records. And if you come see a show, you're going to see people who are like 15 to 60. Yeah. Those people did it right. You have to keep... And I I will venture to say, sorry about this, but that's who you see at a Jimmy Eat World show. <laughs> that's a pretty well, good stat to remember is, you know, the fact that like, you're not, you're not trying, you're not trying to be like cool as in current cool. That's just like a, you know, that's a dead end. You know, you're just trying to make shit that you like to listen to full stop. I remember various label people, even in 96, when we were working with capital trying to, I don't know. There, there'd be the constant. There'd be this constant, like um, industry, per, industry person, faceless, nameless industry person that would be would be, always have some sort of like advice for us about how to make it in the industry, and it, none of that. A hundred percent of the suggestions just seemed like if we tried that on, we'd be just totally fake, and it's not what's really important. I think we've done, I think we've done a pretty good job of keeping focused on what's important and not sweating, chase, not chasing the things that don't matter, you know? Yeah. And some of that, some of that has been to our detriment. In what way? What do you think? Like, you know, for our career, we've put out an album every three years some people might say that that's not even after like okay so we had bleed america and went which popped off and did platinum and every those those faceless nameless industry people were like where's the next record where's the next record you got to you got to get it out you got to put out one right now you can take a break yeah. after that and you know we were just like well it's got to be good first yeah man and it took 3 years so to our detriment, we had to reintroduce ourselves to that, that crowd of people that have their only reference for us was that one album. We've never been, here is us. Here's our faces. Here's, you know, like, yeah. we never tried yeah. to chase like a look or an image. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, but also you remember you come from hardcore and that's just like a no-go zone, man. That's like, you know, like intrinsically, that's just part of your, the fiber of your, of all four of your beings. You can't, you wouldn't even, you don't even like consider that shit. No. Know? Because of because <laughs> of your roots, you know, where you yeah. come from. Yeah, uh, sure, man. I look at pictures of, I look at pictures that of us playing, you know, in like 97 and I'm like, I had, I have jean shorts on. Yeah, you have jean shorts on, but guess what? At least you never had like emo haircuts. <laughs> because someone okay. told you some fucking stylist said hey guys let me just show you some images okay yeah here's that, kind of what where you know yeah i don't like we we've had stylists at 
photo shoots and stuff, and it's just like, eh, it's yeah, not really. I know, man. We end up we end up changing around what what people suggest so much. We might as well have just you know rolled yeah. out of bed. <laughs> I know, same shit. But but basically, the upshot of all this is what I'm really trying to say is here's here's the good news. I know you said it, some of the stuff may have worked to your detriment, but here's the good news. You haven't made a shitty album. Not yeah, one. I mean, that's what's important. Are you proud? Are you proud of what? Do you like what you're doing? Because if you don't know, you can't expect anybody else to. And is this your best work? If you can answer those two things, then nothing else should really matter because that's not up to you. It's not. I realize how much yeah. like it, at this point in my life, I realize how important that is. And I think on on some level, that was always a subconscious thing for us. You know, keeping that in mind. I mean, that might be a product of where we came from. You know, like our our system of rewards that was built up in our heads for what we wanted to do, and then what we accomplished, and how we the the, the process of doing that whole thing. Like, you know, we want a tour, so you got to play this crappy show because that's yeah. that's that's touring. That's the reality of touring right now. <laughs> Yeah, and like, cool. Let's do it. Awesome. We're on tour. Yep. This is fun. I'm playing, and there's nobody here, and that's months. Nobody, yeah, <laughs> and but, it's months. Yeah, and that's months. Yeah. But you know, that's we had that experience early on, so well, we didn't expect that's, that's, our, our our our. There was no delusions of grandeur when it came when the success actually started to come in. It was like, wait, yeah. our mindset was formed in that, so we just brought that with us to this. To now. To now. And yeah. that's that's such a great coincidence that that's exactly what you need now to actually survive. <laughs> that's right. Now now more than ever. Exactly. Now yeah. more than ever. <clears throat> yeah, it's intense, man. Well said, though. That's a really good description of sort of like how an ethos can determine um, the trajectory of, of a music career. You know, how what you have at the beginning acts as the either the supportive, helpful foundation or the, you know, teetering, unstable. Like, it could go either way, man. And, you know, yeah. we, we've seen how certain artists go in both directions with from where they began what was the initial not just the initial impulse but what was sort of like the ethos the the um the philosophy even if you can't really articulate it it's kind of known right right you know and i think it's i think that gets that gets formed by i don't i i just i just refer to it as like a reward structure i don't know there probably has a, a different real term to it but that's kind of how i quantify yeah. it. it's like you 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 feel something, you take an action. That action gets a result. Now that's a tool. Oh, yeah. And you can use that when you're in a similar situation. Sometimes yeah, right. sometimes that gets built in an unhealthy way, like a toddler throwing a tantrum. Like if I if I turn if I turn into a complete like Tasmanian devil right now, I can control the situation. Now that's yeah. now that's in your in your head is like a thing. Like yeah, I'm, right, right. I can't like everything is going crazy. I don't know what to do. If I turn on insane person, I can control the situation. Like that's not that's an unhealthy example of it. Yeah. But 
you know, a, health, sure. a healthy example would be like the punk rock thing where your system, your, your expectations is lowered for you because here's the reality of it. Now you either have to find something within this that you appreciate or, or you're in a German Schlachthof house in winter and, and you're miserable. So find some way to appreciate this. <laughs> you, you know, said that, it. that freezing cold shower in a concrete yeah. room with a drain on the floor in February yeah. in Wiesbaden, like you either find some way to appreciate that or, yeah. or stop. So like finding you, that way, to, you said it, Jim, <laughs> finding out that way to appreciate it is going to help you persevere. And you know, that will get you to the thing. And that's a, that's like a positive reward. That's um, I I have to say that that's a that's the crux of a of a of a successful career in any way, and especially a career in music. That thing you just said is is the magic ingredient that will carry you through. Maybe more than anything else, find something to appreciate in where you are right now, and use that as a basis for moving forward. Yeah. Love it. What else? What else? I don't know. <laughs> so what else, dude? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's We've pretty, talked about a lot of that's shit pretty, just there. But. That's pretty that's pretty that's pretty everything. I wanted to talk about like your job as a producer. Oh. And Yeah, we can talk about that. When when you're working as a producer, how much of it is just purely how much are you bringing to a musical puzzle that's purely just intuition? Is there something that's, is there some part of it that is quantified for you? Or is it, I mean, or, or is it all just kind of like this, this sort of like instinctual thing based on your, um, you know, references from your experience or, or is there a, or is there kind of a more structured way that you approach a puzzle that shows up? I try and be structured about approaching a puzzle. For instance, like, I have too many songs. There's 20. Eight of them are like great, right? Six of them are mm, maybe something to be used as um, pieces for other things, but they're not in complete. I did not complete ideas in themselves. And then the rest are shit. Right. So if that's the puzzle at hand, like <laughs> I've tried to be really structured about how to deal with that and have a uniform strategy that maybe would apply to every time I produce and it doesn't exist. The only thing that I can ever do that's a uniform structured um, strategy or tactic when producing are things that are a very basic logistical or financial kind of level. Nothing else seems to be translatable between projects ever. Mm -hmm. The only mm -hmm. thing that seems to work is instinct, excitement, and integrity. Those are the only things that I can draw from as a reliable source for me of how to th how to think through a decision. And I don't know how to do anything else. I, I I'm also like you, you said a minute ago. You said impartial, right? I can't. I'm not. I'm never impartial. Right. I mean, well, maybe I, sh maybe I should say like a 
objective rather than impartial because like you're investing yourself in it too, but like you're not, you're never, I mean, an artist is never going to have the same perspective that you do because like, like for, for, for someone, for, for like a writer or an artist person, like that's, it's personal. It's an experience. Like they're, they're, they're really close to it. Like you have the, you have the luxury of, of looking at it from a, a little bit of removal where you can say, is this effective? Is this effective yeah. for the type of thing it wants to be? Whereas, like an artist person might not see that. Like you have that, that that sort of like bird's eye view of it. I I do. You're right. That's what but, I mean by objective or impartial. Like I didn't mean I, okay. I didn't mean I didn't mean to insinuate like you're not emotionally invested like a like a yeah. band member would be. Yeah, but you know, you were talking about like things that maybe work to your detriment or whatever in a career. I have one of those myself, and the biggest one I have that I've been able to observe when I stand back is the fact that I'm like so emotionally and invo- involved and wrapped up in a project every time I, I say no to projects big and small because I know that my fit into that won't work in that way, in the way of being super like passionate, I guess, you know, just really, really wrapped up in it. It works to my detriment sometimes if you're looking strictly at a career in terms of like how viable it is or how successful it is or whatever. I just don't give a shit about any of that. You know, I want to be, I want to be like involved in a really emotional, passionate, basic way with the material, the, the people, you know, this, I've made two albums with you. I'm I know this fucking, I get really wound up about stuff and I'm not always this kind of like, you know, uh, you know, uh, ivory tower, you know, judge, like judge, like, you know, solemn, stable, like, okay. So Jim, those lyrics in verse one, those are bullshit. (laughs) Verse two, however, has potential. And here's how, you know, I'm just not that, that I, this, this thing is just not that analytical. You know, this, this is a game of five people getting in a room and throwing a bunch of shit into the air and grabbing things that they're attracted to. That's all. That's all it is. I guess there's some might be... technical shit on the side and some logistics on the side. And that's it. That's all this whole thing is. Okay. So with what you said, I think the only thing that might be, th- might have an actual uh, self-awareness to it might be when you're <laughs> faced with it, when you're faced with an instinct that is like, how far am I going to reject accessibility in favor of express in favor of creativity. Cause like, that's, that's like, that's, that might be something you find yourself having to get present with and realize, okay, I have to make a decision here. And it comes down to giving the finger to the formula or embracing the formula yeah. for the sake of like the form, whatever that means, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, there's a, there's, there's definitely, when you, when you come across it, you know that there's a choice to be made here of how weird do I get versus how, you know, adhering to like the, like, I guess, accessibility. That, I think I can look at accessibility in terms of my frame of reference, right? Not mm-hmm. necessarily like- Right, okay. Current. It, it has to be part of the, uh, the game plan. Like accessibility is not something that I can then impose on a piece of music later on 
and be like, well, now we have to look at it and through the lens of accessibility. Accessibility had to have been part, like endemic to the writing, creating, yeah. recording the thing, first of all, because that's the problem is that if you, if you then kind of as a late stage process kind of think like, oh yeah, well now it's okay. So, you know, put your hands like this, by the way, and you put your fingers together. <laughs> that's the, that's the producer hands. I, yeah, apparently. That's how I think that's, of it. That's, in that's, sort that's of an A&R guy way. hands right there. Maybe it's more A&R guy. And you're sort of looking at it and you're going like, okay, so this shit is, it was cool, but man, I, <laughs> now it's, um, or you, you sort of like, this has a thing that I hear, but I, I there's, there's just a, another step that it needs. So let's get a top line writer to come in and like, check it out. Oh no, I was wrong. That's wrong. That those are A&R hands. <laughs> Oh yeah, so now you know. Now I know, you know. Yeah, that's A and R hands. Yeah, so he said top line writer, and he said he said it like after he's heard the basic track with a ton of overdubs on it, <laughs> you know. And here you are, and you're like, wait a minute, hold on, you know. So accessibility is something that um, is only in the eye of the beholder, right? It's only it, there's no accessibility. You can't quantify it. No one can say what it is. You say it what it is based on maybe your imagined result. Or you're like your kind of secret standard of how you you want your record or song to come out, but that's not the guy sitting next to you's definition of accessibility. So accessibility is is such a moving target that it's really hard to spend any time on it. Let's say, for example, like let's take something we've worked on together. Okay, you know, just for a second, for fun. Let's say the song five five five. It's been said to me that it's a very accessible song that word has been used but it wasn't done with the end result being accessibility it's done with the end result being like this is what we want to listen to right now we're enjoying this and then later on people are like oh wait a lot of the mindset making surviving was like how do we make something how do we make something heavy and what we came up with is like you take things away that's right. We take things you take away. things that was away the, to yeah. make things heavy, and you know, yeah. With that mindset, yeah. is like, well, I mean, five 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 is <laughs> there is nothing happening. It's very it's really really sparse. It's, it's very, like very very vacant. Yeah, I know. You know, you you take it as it's served, and then you frame you your you frame served. like yeah. like like if you were playing acoustic, like just singing and playing acoustic, and you start out very quiet, like finger picking or whatever. People are gonna people if. <laughs> People are going to listen and say, okay, I think, you know, here's, here's what I think is happening. Then like you can just strum a chord and it feels like a big lift because like people have bought into this thing being very quiet. Like it doesn't take a whole <laughs> lot. It doesn't take a lot of like, yeah. if you, it doesn't take a lot to change for it to feel like it has a big impact. You're forcing people to reframe how their, what their references are. The whole setting is different. So it draws people in like for instance my default production style is maybe something you would call maximalism right sometimes and more you, is definitely more yeah so you know that about me right that's and that's and i have a lot of record like recorded examples of me being just very maximalist um but surviving had a different mandate and then part of its its bullet points of that mandate was like take things away we want heavy and yeah you're right five 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 
it does go along with it. It's also very lyrically tied in. So that's the mm-hmm. thing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not alone on an island. You know, if, if you just look at lyrics alone, it's just woven right into the same web of what the subject matter of surviving is about. Maybe it know? feels, maybe it feels kind of subversive because you're taking things away from it as a rock person. And as somebody who like, you know, I have my fair share of maximalism when it comes to like track count and, and overdubs, yeah. you know, having having the guts to just say nope it's it's a it's a synthesizer and a vocal and hand claps and we're not adding we're adding as little to it as as we need to like there is something yeah. like kind of that feels punk rock about that even though the song yeah. is not like uh, you know kevin seconds is going to listen to that and say yeah it's punk nevertheless the thing the result is there like for me i hear it and i hear pure emotions you know and frankly that's the currency that people like you and me are trying to traffic in we're in the we're in the emotions business yeah i mean yeah well hey justin thank you so much for hanging out with me again and and chatting man it's good to see you i should probably i should probably Such let you go pleasure, i know man. you got a session coming up i do and um yeah it's always good to talk to you about this stuff i hope that we don't get too caught up in some theoretical cerebral shit but <laughs> I, I i think we've I think we touched upon a you know a few cool areas for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me on your show, man. Of course, man. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. It's nice to get catch up with Justin. Justin's really busy. Another selling point for us of working with Justin was his knowledge in synth and keyboards, which is something that you know. I'm, <laughs> We're just pedestrian at best. And he has he has it figured out. He knows what he's doing. You know, we had some ideas for synth parts on Integrity Blues, but it was all just blown over with with better sounds once we started working with Justin. God, I hate MIDI. I love it, but I hate it. I like the idea of MIDI. I just hate routing it, and I hate when things don't talk to each other. That's a vibe killer. That's a real bummer there. And that's the show. Goodbye.